This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Our foreign affairs minister, Christian Freeland, is cutting quite the swath in Washington. She didn't mention Donald Trump's name in the speech she made while she was picking up a Diplomat of the Year award last night. But there was no doubt about who she was talking about when she called the U.S. tariffs absurd and warned that people who are not doing well economically are vulnerable to demagogues. She also made very pointed statements saying truth matters. Uh, Who do you think she was pinpointing as not being truthful? But she is getting a lot of support here at home and in Washington from both Democrats and Republicans who may pay a high price for taking on Trump. You heard that clip from Republican Bob Corker where he talked about an abuse of power on the president's part. Brave guy. So we are moving to that right now, and we are joined by Mark Warner, who is a senior international trade lawyer. Hi, Mark. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I gather uh, you are not so thrilled with uh, Ms. Freeland's performance. Well, I think it's a high-risk performance. I think it's a high-risk strategy. Um, the American uh, trade world system, law system, is set up with uh, basically the idea that the president gets to negotiate agreements. Congress has a sort of authority to set tariffs, but they've delegated that authority to the president. And if they were to take that authority back from the president, it would take a supermajority in both houses. And I think most people who look at that stuff realize that that will never happen. I know that a lot of Canadian newspapers are focusing on a few senators, many of whom are retiring, who are thinking of, putting, of trying to put legislation like that on the floor of, their, of the Senate. Um, the Senate leadership has made it clear they have no intention of getting it, letting it get to the floor of the Senate. So basically, if there's a guy at the top who has the power and will have the power, and his name is Trump, going into his backyard and sending your foreign affairs minister to, um, as LBJ once said, uh, urinate, in, <laughs> stand outside the tent and urinate in the tent, it doesn't strike me as a smart strategy. It's a high-risk strategy. Um, if Christopher Freeland can... Uh, somehow do what nobody else in the United States has managed to do, which is to beat Trump at his own game, then Canada wins. If she loses, then we all lose. So all of the retired uh, government workers, foreign affairs, secretariat people, all the university professors with their tenure-track positions, they're all stoking this up and they're celebrating it and they're saying, this is great. They're not the ones whose jobs will suffer if Trump decides to act back. It's very clear. It's not just her speech last night. It was on the last day of the G7 summit. She also was quoted extensively in a long feature, I might also call it a puff piece article in the New York Times, clearly uh, basically comparing Trump with no doubt who she was talking about to Hitler. Um, New York is his hometown. He does read the New York Times, uh, or he doesn't, his people do. And I can't imagine a situation where a Canadian foreign minister would have done that before and stayed in cabinet. Hmm. Let me 
Excuse me. Let me give the numbers out again, because I know our listeners have a lot to say about this. We were talking about it just two days ago, and uh, everybody was was gung-ho saying, you know, we are not going to be bullied. We have to stand up to this. It's not fair. So uh, I want to have your take uh, on Christia Freeland and what she's been up to in Washington. She seems to be getting a lot of support. She's uh, certainly becoming a media darling with the American. American media, uh, and she has pulled no punches, even though she has not named names. The number to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We are talking about this brewing trade war, and I am with Mark Warner, who is a senior international trade lawyer. Well, we had a little bit, because at least uh, the aide, uh, Navarro, I guess his name is, uh, who who uh, went on the Sunday show saying right. there's a special place in hell for right. Justin Trudeau? Uh, he apologized for that. So that's interesting. You know, what's interesting about that is he said that on Sunday. Uh, Christian Freeland quotations in the New York Times with the Hitler comments were on the Saturday. It preceded his comments. Everybody in Canada was outraged that an aide to the Trump would have said the uh, stabbing in the back comment on the Sunday. The Hitler comment almost got no coverage in Canada in the mainstream media. Anyway, look, it's a high-risk strategy. You know, we know that Trump is mercurial. We know that in the American trade law system, as it is currently designed, he has all the power. He has the power, if he wants, for national security reasons, to destroy our automobile industry by imposing national security tariffs. He has the power, with a stroke of a pen, to withdraw the United States from NAFTA. Yes, there'll be extensive litigation if he does that, but he has the power under to do that. So that's what she's risking. So I'm sure there are a lot of people who like to pound on their chest and they think we're the little brother, you know, poking the bigger brother in the in the backside and it feels good. But somebody's going to pay for that. And Trump does not strike me as a guy who likes that kind of thing. Well, no kidding. He doesn't like that thing. What are some of the things that uh, could become a lot more expensive for us uh, if if these things go through? Well, in the first instance, Trump has put the, these tariffs on aluminum and steel, and we've reciprocated. So that means anything that has aluminum and steel from a can of beer or any kind of tin product is going to go up. Obviously, it'll affect, it'll have some effect in the price of the car. That's not the end of the world. Now, Canada's also put in place these retaliatory tariffs. I just, as an aside, say to you, she's, 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 she's actually put those, um, well, we have put those tariffs in place um, you know, unilaterally. That's to say we haven't gone through the World Trade Organization dispute resolution process. So there's a bit of irony. Last night she was being feted uh, for giving a speech where she defended the, the rules-based international system at the very time that Canada is enacting retaliatory trade measures that are completely outside the framework, the legal framework of the WTO. Having said that, any of the products that she put uh, retaliatory tariffs on uh, will increase prices because they'll just simply, supply and demand, reduce the number of suppliers in Canada. They tried to minimize that, is what the government has said, by choosing carefully. But at the end of the day, when you put 25% tariffs on things, we pay for it in Canada, just as the Americans will pay for theirs. They've got a bigger economy. They're 10 times the size of us. Uh, we export 25% of our GDP goes to exports to the United States. So we are much more dependent on them than they are on us, despite a lot of the government talking points uh, on this, we will pay. And if Trump re- chooses to respond by the further act of retaliation, 
ultimately, a country that has one-tenth the size of the other, you run out of products to hit. So that's the dangerous game we're playing. We played these trade wars before in our history in Canada. In my estimation, we've always lost. But it feels good, and there's a certain class of person who thinks this is good. It's a sort of it's like waving the flag. But when it starts to we start to feel it in, in, in loss of jobs or uncertainty across the border, our governor of the Bank of Canada has already talked about the effect um, on investment into Canada because of these this trade threat. So I'd rather see the government focus on negotiating positive outcomes than basically escalating the conflict. Okay, uh, hang on there, Mark. Let's bring in Siraj Hashmi, who is a reporter with the Washington Examiner. Hi, Siraj. Hi, Olivia. How are you? Fine. So uh, what is your view of Christia Freeland and her foray into Washington and the things she's been saying? Well, what's interesting here is that uh, President Trump seems to think that unilateral uh, tariffs imposed on our allies is the way to get the trade deficits back in order. However, with a lot of Republicans and conservatives who have been watching this, it's uh, not really the conservative model on how to approach economics, specifically with in government intervention in the free market. That's just something that a lot of Americans are apprehensive about, and they believe that this is only going to backfire. However, there is a lot of, of quite a great contingency within the um, Trump base who believe that, you know, going after uh, our allies in terms of trade, um, you know, that they're, it actually will work, that they'll kind of bring, you know, Trudeau, they'll bring uh, the TPP nations or the TTP nations in order, um, I'm sorry, TPP nations and to the negotiation table and uh, renegotiate these trade uh, deals. And I don't think right now anything that anyone is doing is going to change President Trump's mind on this. Uh-huh. And uh, is uh, our impression here, watching it from here, is that uh, Christian Freeland is becoming a bit of a heroine. She's even got some Republicans standing beside her saying Trump is abusing his power. Uh, is, is she... Uh, being perceived that way, in your opinion? Honestly, she hasn't been making a whole lot of waves here in Washington simply because the <laughs> dominant talk has been about North Korea and oh. his and, and specifically about uh, Trump's meeting at the summit in Singapore. So uh, it, it, it would seem that with whatever Trump is doing on trade, that always just seems to be taking a... it, it seems to be pushed to the back burner and we're not really getting anywhere on trade. Uh, but it really, I mean, it's honestly for a lot of po- policy wonks here in Washington, it's one of the more important issues that just seems to be kept swept under the rug. Well, I mean, it, it certainly seemed to us, I saw her on, on U.S. networks, uh, and she won that uh, award last night. So it sort of looks to us like... Well, what is it, she was standing next to a, a senator who's retiring because he has no popularity in his home state and couldn't win an election and is opposed by Donald Trump. So that, that's the level of detail we have to look at these things in Canada. Because, oh, yes, you can stand by Corker. Corker couldn't win an election. Corker is gone. And that's the problem. Now, you allow yourself with someone who is a critic of Donald Trump in that way. Yes, it feels good. It looks good. It plays to the Canadian audience, which seems to be 90% of what she tries to do. But how does Donald Trump? We're facing an audience of one right now. Because until Congress votes 
to take back the authority that they gave to the president in under Kennedy. He's the guy you got to convince. And I don't know whether they're getting into the main, the biggest paper in the news in the, in the United States and basically calling him Hitler is the best way to convince him that you're right and he's wrong. Just don't think so. Well, I I I suspect you're right, Mark. Let's take a, a call from John in Brampton. Hi, John. Ooh, that's pretty noisy. Are you there, John? Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. You're, yes. Go uh, ahead. Yes. I'm sorry. I just can't admit to there. Um, yeah. Uh, you know with what we're looking at here. I think it's it's, it's become so distort, distorted. It's hard to know. You know whether we're coming or going. Trump is a is an alpha male. He he negotiates with a sledgehammer. Then we've got Trudeau, who's a feminist male, and he negotiates with God knows what. Uh, he's never going to win a confrontation with Trump. And I think at the end of the day, Trump is not going to go through with, with these incredible tariffs. And, and uh, it, it, they need Canada, even if it's just for, for, for PR. Um, we'll, we'll, we're going to get a little smack, maybe. Uh, but I don't think they would ever do anything that would jeopardize our economy to that extent. Uh, okay, you're an optimist, John. <laughs> Let's hear okay. from Bob in Etobicoke. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine. Yeah, my view is that uh, some remarks made by Mr. Trudeau and his, Christian um, uh, Freeland, in the past, uh, even while President Trump was running for election, those remarks be, may be hurting what we're doing. And I think that both of them should step aside and let trade negotiators do the dealing, not her. She shouldn't be going to the States. Get people that he hasn't got, uh, he hasn't been criticized by. Because what they said during that election and when he was running for president, what they, re, what they said, and I heard it being repeated on one of the little YouTube networks just the other day. Like, Trump has got a memory. And if he personally does not like the negotiators, which is Kristen Freeland, I wouldn't have her go there. I would say, look, at, you can take another position in the government, but, you know, stay away from this. And Trudeau himself, let somebody else do it. Now, I know they're talking to Ford about doing something. Well, Ford is not even, you can't really say that's. A uh, I, I'm not sure that's the case. I think uh, somebody made that up. She's going to be talking to Ford later this afternoon. That's right. We yeah. will have the details on that. I think she's going to be briefing him. I think, uh, frankly, that that is something uh, that's just made up, that they're suddenly going to bring Ford in because... There are certain people who I'm not, see similarities. I'm not suggesting that they bring Ford in, no, but I think that they should have somebody else doing our negotiations worldwide that is maybe a businessman. Okay, Bob, okay, I'm going to run okay. that by uh, our panel before we wrap things up. Uh, what do you think of yeah, that well, suggestion, Mark? Yeah, so I would say I actually think there's some merit to it. One is when we negotiated the original Canada-U.S. free trade agreement, we did not have a minister playing the role that Christopher Freeland has in this job. Um, Brian Maloney appointed a very seasoned, retired, wily negotiator who's had a Simon lot of experience Reisman. on yeah, Simon Reisman. And, you know, for whatever the merits of Christopher Freeland are, she's definitely a good communicator, but she's not a lawyer. She's not an economist. She doesn't know the detail of trade, and she's not a negotiator. I don't know what she's ever negotiated before she had this job. 
So notwithstanding the award she received last night, I, I would have thought that going the Simon Reisman model is probably what we should have done and maybe should think of now. Maybe we should find some way of tasking Brian Mulroney or Jean Chrétien or the two together to do it. But we need to somehow move this out. I get what the government's doing. I mean, I don't, I don't view this as the government has just all of this, a new tax that the government's taking. I think Canada's had a double discourse around Trump and trade for most of their mandate. And now what, what, what's happening is it's getting harder and harder to separate the two. And that's going to, that's going to be a very, very risky strategy if they continue with it. Okay. And uh, Siraj, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I will just say that President Trump, really, if you want to get through to him on anything trade-related, you probably will have a better chance of getting on Fox News, particularly particularly on Fox and Friends, uh, praising him for his trade strategy and wanting to come to the negotiation table, uh, because really the only thing he's looking for are wins. And uh, if you if Canadians can express some form of uh, wanting to appease the president, he's w- going to be willing to work with them. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot, as the other gentleman was suggesting, that uh, really can be done. You know, calling him uh, names or saying that he's in the wrong or siding with uh, people he's been critical of is only going to reinforce him uh, in his trade position that he's going to keep going after uh, United States allies uh, to try to offset these trade imbalances. Okay. Uh, well, and then there's also the question of whether there really are trade imbalances. We're not going to get a, into that now. Uh, we're out of time. I'm sure we're going to revisit this issue many times. Thank you so much to trade lawyer Mark Warner and Siraj Hashmi. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.